there is a detail that is not discussed as much, uh, that doesn't get as much attention from what I found. And that is that the holiday of Hanukkah, although the war was won, and as we know, there was there's two parts to the to the to the victor to the to the miracle of Hanukkah. There is the miracle of the oil, the miracle of the, of the war. But we find something interesting that it was only an entire year later that the holiday was actually set as an official holiday amongst the Jews. Meaning it's not to say that after they won the war and then they found the oil and the oil lasted for eight days, there was this, uh, there was this holiday that followed suit right after. Obviously there was a lot of celebration amongst the Jewish people and happiness, but an actual formal holiday being set and instituted was not until an entire year later. Mm. And we need to, this, this, uh, this is a little bit, this seems a little interesting because if you look a few hundred years earlier to the story of Purim, we see that the holiday of Purim was celebrated right away, immediately. It was also celebrated a year later, but it was initially, it was celebrated right there and then it was that day Mordechai and Esther sent out a letter and all the Jews, wherever they were in the, in the, under the territories of King Ahasuerus, celebrated. And so the question is, why? Why the difference between Hanukkah and Purim? Does this have to do with the essence of the miracle or perhaps there's other, um, other elements that are involved there? So I want to discuss that for a few minutes and present one one answer, one approach to this question, and then the Rebbe takes this and takes it a step deeper as well. So in order to understand this, we need to first appreciate, we need to first appreciate the, the idea of how holidays and how, uh, how, how things are instituted in Judaism. There is obviously the mitzvahs that Hashem commands us. There's mitzvahs that Hashem tells us. These are the mitzvahs that you have to do that God commanded us in the Torah. But then yes. as we know, as we know that there are certain additional mitzvot, additional ideas that were later introduced by the rabbis, including the holiday of Purim and the holiday of Hanukkah. But there is also a concept that when it comes to the mitzvahs that God commanded us to do, so God told us, and God surely knows and understands our situation, and God, you know, gives us that commandment and says, you got to keep Shabbat, you got to keep kosher, you got to put up a mezuzah, you got to do those mitzvahs. But when it comes to an additional mitzvah, that, or an additional idea, an additional something that the rabbis are going to institute on top of what is in existence. So there is a general rule in Judaism that the rabbis cannot evoke, not evoke, but I'm sorry, rather um, cannot, uh, what's the word, institute a new decree or a new tradition unless they are sure 
that the community is going to be able to abide by it. Mm. They cannot put, they can't institute something new. Now, we, we don't have time to get into understanding the specifics and the details of exactly how this works, what is con constituted that people could abide by, that people cannot abide by, and in general to understand like, you know, what, what kind of latitude and, and ability was granted to the rabbis. There's a lot of speculation, there's a lot of stipulations that, um, that a rabbinic court and, a, and, and the sages need to fall under the certain, certain guidelines of being able to, to institute a new, a new uh, you know, a new tradition or a new, a new uh, way that they're gonna do things. It's not like any rabbi could get up and say, I'm gonna start a new, a new decree, a new mitzvah. But even within having followed those guidelines, there is a general rule that they cannot uh, 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 put something onto the community. They can't put a new, a new idea unless they're certain that the community is gonna be able to do it. And so what happened with the story of Purim? If you look at the first time that Mordechai and Esther referred to the holiday of Purim, they referred to it as a Yom Tov as a festival, a festival just like Sukkot and Passover and Shavuot, right? When we cannot do work and we have, to, uh, we have to cease from doing any type of creative work, similar to like Shabbat besides for cooking. But then the following year, they dropped that. They dropped the reference to Purim being a holiday that you cannot do work. And they rather just focused on the fact of Purim being a celebratory day with Mishloach Manot, and with celebration and with reading the Megillah. But as we know till today, Purim is a holiday unlike Passover and unlike Sukkot, we can do work. We can use electricity, we can do work. And so the simple reason why Hanukkah, it took a year, a, an entire year for them to institute the holiday of Hanukkah to be celebrated was because they learned the hard way from Purim. Because on Purim, they, Mordechai and Esther attempted to, 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 uh, to, to, to start a new holiday in a way that it would be like Passover, and it didn't work. The community was not able to accept it and to, and to, and to abide by it, and so therefore they dropped that and they, they changed it to that kind of holiday. So came Hanukkah, they weren't going to make the same mistake. They spent a year doing research and looking into how the communities would accept the idea of a new holiday. And they came to the conclusion that the best way to market would be the way that we market today through lighting the menorah and, and, and through, through saying hollow, through, through giving praise to God and other ways, ways that we celebrate, but not it being a holiday like Passover and Sukkot. And, there, and, and to conclude, the Rebbe takes this a step further. And he, he says that there is something deeper here. There's something deeper here that is beyond just that technical reason. And for that, we need to go to the heart of what this miracle and this holiday was all about. You know, the famous joke, they say, you know, what's every Jewish holiday? They tried to defeat us. We won. Now let's celebrate, right? I'm sure you guys have heard of that famous old, yeah. Jew, Jewish, old Jewish joke. They tried to kill us. We had a war. We won. Now let's celebrate. Hanukkah is, is a very different type of war because the Greeks were not looking to physically defeat us. So they weren't looking to kill us. And the Maccabees did not revolt back 
because they wanted to kill the Greeks either. The whole essence of this war, unlike Purim, Purim, Haman indeed wanted to physically annihilate and he wanted to be the ultimate final solution to get rid of all the Jews. Hanukkah was a very different, was something very different and, and, and not about that at all. Hanukkah was all about the soul of Judaism. And that's why the specific mitzvahs that the Greeks initially picked on was Shabbat, excuse me, Shabbat, circumcision, study of the Torah, kosher. If you wanted to do other Jewish cultural things, that was fine. But when it came to the godly things, when it came to the godly mitzvot, that they could not, that they could not allow because they could not connect to the godly element of Judaism, to being able to give yourself for God higher than that transcends your understanding. And ultimately, as we know, they succeeded in polluting and contaminating the hearts and the, 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 the observance of many Jews uh, to the extent that there were Jews that put a gym in Jerusalem, a, a Greek type of gym that was not going to be used for Jewish and holy things, and the deterioration of the spiritual state of the Jews until it came to Maccabees, and the Maccabees got up and said, enough is enough. We can't let our, our, the heart and soul of our religion, of our connection to God, be raped from, from upon us alive. And they stood up and they revolted against them. So understanding that the essence of this miracle, and there's a lot more to that, the essence of the miracle, that's why we light the menorah till today. And that's why the, the, the way that the celebration is marked is through the lights. The lights represents the spirit, the godly element of this miracle. But that's perhaps the reason why it took the sages an entire year to get to the bottom of the situation of the miracle of Hanukkah to be able to be comfortable to say, yes, we won the war. Because although the war was won on the physical front, the battle was won. And although the Kohanim, the Maccabees came to the temple and they found that one jug of oil that lasted for eight days. That was all amazing. But the question that was on the hearts and minds of the Jewish sages was, did we really win this war? Meaning to say, perhaps we, we won, we succeeded, we had a miracle in Jerusalem. But what's going on with the men, women, and children of the Jewish people throughout the land of Israel? Have they gotten the message? Have they gotten rid of the Hellenistic ways of the Greek ways? Did they understand that what they were engaged in was wrong and they have to return to their roots and return to God? And that the answer to that question wasn't apparent on day one. And that took time for them to get to the bottom of that and research that and see what really was the state of affairs and the situation amongst the Jewish people. And it was only a year later when they were able to come to the conclusion that yes, indeed, the war had been won, not just at home base, but all over that they were comfortable and said, now we can indeed institute this for a holiday. So as we approach the holiday of Hanukkah, that's the message of the, of the holiday, strengthening our spiritual, our neshama connection. We have to, in addition to lighting the menorah and enjoying the latkes and the donuts, not too many because it's not healthy, but you know, a good, a, 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 a modest share. <laughs> A modest share of enjoying those. Uh, we have to also think about what the holiday represents on a deeper level and find ways that we and our friends and our relatives can, 
can increase in the spiritual godly connection and the essence of our soul, our neshama connection to Hashem, the essence of, of everything and, and, uh, and, and try to increase and add more and more in that godly connection and, and share it with the rest of the world. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for taking the time out from the wedding. We wish the bride and groom all the best. Of That's course, great. I, of course. I'm, I'm sitting here in a, uh, in a side room. I, I found a quiet room here in this hall. And I <laughs> figured this would be a good place where I can sit and talk to everybody. So I, I, you know, I'm glad I didn't uh, cancel or reschedule because it's, it's Thanksgiving. So people have stuff going on tomorrow night. And I, I try not to, if I don't have to, you know, to, when you have a set good thing that people come and they rely on it, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's as much as possible. I try not to have to reschedule it or cancel it. So I'm glad you all were able to make it tonight and that you were able to join and have a happy Hanukkah. Everyone should be blessed. Have a good Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, we should be able to always find ways to express our appreciation to God, thankfulness to God, and have a very happy Hanukkah, everybody. Thank you. Happy you Hanukkah. To your You're family. Welcome. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good night.